Welcome to the Dillingham Group Mobilized Church Podcast, where together we tackle the topics and discuss the strategies of getting the church out of the box. We're glad you've joined us. Now, let's dive right in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Mobilized Church Podcast. This is Chris Dillingham, alongside my big brother, Kim Dillingham, Jr., the third. Good morning, Kim. How are we doing today on this? I don't know what it's like in Dayton, but kind of rainy and just, you know, thankfully, thankfully it's not snow. It could be worse. Yeah, I'm, uh, my wife told me today that it's supposed to be 50 today, and I'm like, 50, then why are my fingertips numb? <laughs> like, they're not numb, they're like, but like, they're like, I don't know, maybe maybe seventy percent movement slower. I don't know what the deal. It's cold. It's cold, man. And and so I was thinking about. So right before we went, we we uh, did did the three two one live deal here. Yeah, you you we were bringing up our WTDG chief meteorologist. That's right from Winsock University, Ken, Ken Bastarki. I was thinking about meteorologists like, bro, they were hyping, they were hyping this morning yeah. up like it was going to be the worst winter storm in the history of the world and it was all going to yeah. melt away. There wasn't yeah. hardly anything. Right, right. But it had wind. <laughs> it did. It did. So wind gusts. So, so speaking too. of speaking of it could be worse. I don't know if it could be worse. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> then the, the Michigan Wolverines winning the national championship, bro. You know, I mean, I, the the only thing that could have been worse would have been if Michigan and Ohio State played in the national championship game and one of them won. Because, because again, I'm a I'm an Illini fan. We're we're perfectly happy with mediocre. You know, if we go eight and five, we're we're cool with it. Yeah. So second place in the national championship. Best finish ever. Let's celebrate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'd, We're going to have a party too, right? We'd have a party, absolutely. Yeah. But do you realize how miserable my life is going to be putting up with all these Michigan fans around here? It is going to be absolutely unbearable. I think the only thing, the only reason that we would give them grace, it would be potentially – Oh, boy. Uh, that this is the after, – After the last – decade and a half of stinking up the place and getting dominated in, in the big 10 and just knocked out every year. <laughs> oh, I set that one up on the tee for you. Didn't yeah, I? you? Well, I'm just saying we got it. We need to give them grace and just say, you know what? Let's let them, let's enjoy let's their let them revel in their moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it's it, been a long hey, time coming. Hey, hats off to them. It was a, it was a was great good. game last night. Their defense, their defense is phenomenal. I mean, they, bro, they beat the absolute snot out of Penix. I mean, he, just. He, was, he felt like, honest to goodness, I think he felt like he had, he had run head on into a buzzsaw. For real. Looked like, but when he got done, he was walking off, looked like he'd been fighting Mike Tyson for 10 rounds. He just, <laughs> my man was hurting, bro. That's what I'm talking about. You're, Gary Gothier. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's been fifteen hundred and one days since Ohio State beat yeah. Michigan. So you can you can always create a microcosm that 
you know, <laughs> makes you look good. This is going to get off track so bad. I knew <laughs> this was going to happen, man. I knew this was going to happen. Here's here's the question. Here's a question. As a Bears fan, you does does Harbaugh go to the Bears? If uh, McCarthy goes with him, ah, uh, unpopular opinion. Yeah, I I'm not a. Uh, I would rather have Justin Fields than McCarthy. Wow. I'm not a McCarthy guy. Fields has I think not he's, been so great this year, though, has he? Here, I mean, like, CJ, here's look the at deal. CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud goes no, first year, boom. He's, no, but he's, here's the deal. Here, okay, so number one, they've changed, they've changed quarterback or they've changed offensive coordinators every no, year. He's been there. That's number true. two, his offensive coordinator is horrendous. There was a breakdown I saw this week uh, of of why is Justin Fields the, the the title of the video was why is Justin Fields holding the ball so long. Uh-huh. And it was, bro, absolutely. The the scheme that they're running, the routes that they're running, over and over again, it showed these routes. There's nobody open, and they and they've got good receivers. So yeah. it's a scheme thing. I think it's. I think he's just mm. in the wrong system. He needs a new offensive coordinator. I think McCarthy is the beneficiary. I think he's good. I think he's a yeah. good quarterback. But I think yeah. he's the beneficiary of. When you can, when you can absolutely run the ball down somebody's throat like they did last night, I mean, it changes the whole ball game, you know. Well, and then, and then, I mean, everybody always says that you know the run opens up the pass. The pass doesn't open up the run. Like it's like, like, like for example, like in basketball, um, man, proving that we can just bounce back and forth with sports. We need Mm -hmm. a sports show, bro. Mm -hmm. We we could let's do a sports show and then monetize that. I don't want to monetize the missional thing yeah yeah let's do that but um but bouncing into basketball all right so so shooting threes doesn't open the inside up right but 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 hitting it driving it to the inside 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 taking it to the hole and then they suck in and then boom you're kicking it out yeah you're kicking out in threes and so that's why the run opens up the pass and so yeah that's a good point that's a good observation yeah i do think he's got skills though yeah i so i saw I was at the Michigan Illinois football game last year when Illinois got robbed in the in the final oh, minute of that yeah. game. Totally robbed. But here's the deal: Tommy DeVito totally and completely outpaid outplayed McCarthy. Horrible conditions, windy, whatever. Like we're right on the field. McCarthy had some terrible passes. He had guys wide open and was missing throws. And you know, it's hard. I, one of the things I heard is yeah. it's really hard to evaluate some of these guys that are on like Michigan and Alabama and it is true. Ohio State and whatever. It is so true. Because they have so much talent and the windows are so wide open. How does I Ben Roethlisberger feel- come from Miami yeah. University? How does how does uh, a, a, a Romo come from Eastern Illinois? How does, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, where right. do these guys come from? Like, they're like, I've never even heard of the half these guys. And it's like, yeah, because you know why? Because they were, they were the only thing carrying the team, and then they get to the NFL and they've got, you know, players around them, and it's like right. They're know. used to throwing through small windows and yeah, whatever, yeah. and and so I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I'm I'm cool with sticking with Justin Fields and hang with that, and bring Harbaugh yeah. in, and just let them play a little Smash Mouth and let them run a little bit and do some things. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of with Shane Thompson. Tell me. I'm kind of, he said, I'm just glad Michigan beat Bama. After that, I didn't care who won. That's true. That is true. <laughs> Thank God. No Georgia, no Bama. Oh, and, uh, you know, no SEC team in there. 
No Dabo. Thank God for that. There's so, just so and hey, did you see? So real quick, again, we've been we've been giving props. So we're waiting kind of for the, you know, for the the support of the program here. But did you see Nate Rios's pictures with Harbaugh? No. Oh, he's got he's got the stuff that he has on the Blue Thread Project suits, the things that they inscribed on there. Who's got it better than we we do? Nobody. He's got that yeah. on one of the suits. Nice. So shout out to Har- shout out to Harbaugh OBH, gave man. hey Harbaugh got gave a little he gave a little glory to God last night and said they asked him how they did it and they said they said we he said we kept the faith and followed the spirit. He did. He did. He followed he the Holy Spirit. Followed the Holy Spirit. We followed the Holy Spirit. So Michigan fans are praying that the Holy Spirit just settles him. Don't 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 follow him out of Ann Arbor. I think it's the influence of the Mobilized Church Network. Uh, it's bro. L- let's just be honest. This yeah. is the beauty. This is the beauty of of a of a movement. This is the beauty of hero makers, right? Like. <laughs> Like, come on, let's yes. just come, let's come and be a part of something and let's, you know, let's be hero makers and let's let it flow out. And guys that are part, I mean, Nate Rios is a part of the mobilized church network and, and God starts opening doors and he says, look, if you're going to give yourself to the mission, I'll, I'll, I'll give the mission to you and open right. doors. There you go. That's exactly right. You know, and I don't think, I mean, you know, Michigan hadn't won anything in forever and all of a sudden. They get connected to the Mobilized Church Network and they win the national championship. The largest amount of pastors, the largest amount of pastors in our network from Michigan. Mm-mm-mm. So those the of you. Anointing, my the God. flowing, bro. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. All right, man. You ready to get rolling today? We did our we did our football breakdown, a little weather breakdown. We could go on and on. Ooh, Jesus, help us, Lord. I feel, man, I feel good, though. I feel good about our topic. I feel good about what we've been talking about. <laughs> I do, too. I feel good about it. I feel good about it. All right, so let's get let's get into it today. And uh, definitely, definitely going to be, I, I don't think there's any way that we can get through all of this today. So we're just going to kind of go, we're kind of going to go a little bit of high level on this conversation because man, there's so much we could talk about. So I'm going to throw it to you and let you set up this conversation. You've been, you've been stewing on this and thinking this mm-hmm. through. So like it's, it's all in you. So I'm going to let you set it up today. We're going to have the conversation. Okay. Um, I, I, we want, obviously we want feedback. We want to talk about virtues, morality, and kingdom courage. So set that up for us today, Ken, and we'll start the, uh, the conversation. All right. Well, we are. So um, I was actually praying this morning. I was praying about <clears throat> the the um, um, just the I don't know the top not not really the topic. I don't, I don't want to say it like that. I wasn't I wasn't praying about the topic. I was praying yeah. what like Lord, what do you want to say? You know, what do you yeah. want to say? And, um, and, and all of a sudden it really just started spinning in my heart that, um, the people of God in this air, this hour, they, they need courage. Like the people of Mm -hmm. God need to be courageous in the, in the day in which we live. So I just started doing a little, you know, biblical search on courage. And, and then I, and then I, I just, I don't know. I I don't know if I just Googled the, you know, 
famous quotes on courage or I'm, I'm not sure. Anyway, way I came across this, uh, this quote right here okay. and it's a quote by CS Lewis <clears throat> and CS Lewis once said, courage is not simply one of the virtues, right? So loyalty, you know, uh, um, honesty, integrity, etc. Uh, courage isn't one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at the testing point. And what he meant by that was courage is not merely one of many virtues, okay. but rather the defining characteristic that shapes and embodies each virtue when it's put to the test. In other words, in other words, courage is courage is the pitcher that 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 loyalty is poured out from courage is the pitcher that honesty is poured out from okay <clears throat> because because uh um courage entails taking you know bold action like so what we say you know what is courage or what does it mean to be co courageous and it, it doesn't mean courage doesn't mean that you don't have fear john wayne john wayne one time said uh courage is not the absence of fear it's saddling your horse in the face of it. Nice. Yeah. So, so courage is, is, <clears throat> is bold action that we take. It's taking action despite fear, despite uncertainty, despite adversity. And, and essentially it, it is a virtue that enables individuals to confront their challenges. <clears throat> it, it gives, gives people the ability to push beyond their comfort zones. It's, 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 it's the boldness. It's the catalyst to stand up for what they believe in. Right. So, yeah. so, so without courage, all the other virtues may lack the strength and conviction conviction needed to manifest into actions. You may say, <clears throat> you know, you may say, well, I'm a very loyal person until it's going to cost you something to be loyal. Right. You could say, you could right. say, well, well, I'm a person of character, you know, until you're going to have to make a, an honest decision. And, you know, I mean, I, so I think, of these, I think of these people that are, you know, that, 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 that are, appear at Congress for these congressional hearings. Right. I think of, I think of like, for example, I heard a, I heard a deal recently and this is going to sound, man, this is this, uh, this, I'm, we don't go political, but I heard, um, Mayorkas and they were asking, you know, Mayorkas, they were asking him who's the, what the head of Homeland security. Is that right? Yeah. And he says that, so they're asking him. So of the 1.3 million people, I just heard this, this clip of the 1.3 million people that have streamed through, uh, the border, um, and have been apprehended. So uh, 1.3 million people have been apprehended, uh, illegally in the United States. How many of them have been sent back? How many of them have been, uh, redistributed to other parts of the country? So they, they're asking this question and he right. says, I don't know the answer to that. And the person basically just comes unglued. You are, you are the head of the department. That, I mean, if there's anything you should have an answer to, it should be right. that. Right. That's your job, dude. And so, and so he says, okay, let me ask you this. Do you, would you say that the border is shut off? Is the border closed? Is the border secure? And he said, yes, sir. I would say that it, the border is secure. And the, the, they're like, how would how, you know that? How, how are you going to even say that? Right. And, 
And but here's the deal. I, now I'm, and I'm telling you, you can't tell me, bro. You can't tell me that um, that 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 Mayorkas doesn't know those answers. You can't tell me that in the heart, in his true heart, he's probably like, dude. You know, they probably go to a to a to a private room later and go, God have mercy. We all know that they're streaming through left and right. We don't know who's coming through. We don't know if they're terrorists. We don't know. They're just streaming like. But here's the deal. He knows. You get up there and say, dude, I'm just going to be honest. <clears throat> the border is like a broken dam. And yeah. we don't know who's coming through. Our our border agents are, they're battling it. They're, they're overworked. It, we honestly don't really know who's in this country right now. Yeah. Bro, that dude would be out of a job before the lights are turned off that day. Sure, sure. So, so I, I guess what I'm saying is, is that integrity you you could say you could say till the cows come home that you're in you're a person of integrity yeah but it's courage that causes so good. In, integrity to be activated in the face of it's going to cost you something man that's so good that's so good and that's you know we see so many times like in the story of of Joshua you know where where the lord constantly speaks into Joshua's life and says be of good courage because you can be, you can have faith. You can believe something, right? And like, like you said, I love how you how you situated that. Like, you can have faith, you can have integrity, you can have character, you know, have all these kinds of things until you're confronted with something that really challenges that. Right. And then, and then it's courage that allows that to come to the forefront. So it's easy to say, well, it's you know, kind of bring bring it into the modern context. We can say, well, I have I have faith in God. Well. Okay, well, what about when you have to stand for something that is going to put you in? Like you're talking about that position with Mayorkas. What if you have to stand for something that you know, if I take this position, it could cost me my job or it could cost me relationships or it could cost me this. So so it's not just enough to have those other uh, virtues. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's not just enough to be a loyal person. Are you, can you be loyal when it's put to the test? Yeah. You know, I've, I've had some situations with, with some people in my life that I love that, you know, I've, I've basically told them that I'm going to be your brother, your friend, regardless of what you do to me now, because, because there have been some things that have kind of put that, I, I can say that I can, I can tell you that. Yeah. 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 Right. But what about when, when something seemingly goes totally contradictory to me and it goes against me or whatever <clears throat> it's it's the courage that's able to say you know what it's not about me i can move on i can i can do this so i think i think this is an important conversation ken especially in the hour that we're living in yep dude the hour that we're living in where no longer is it you know it, it's it's so when when having a thought or or saying certain things are considered to be violence yeah 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 <clears throat> yeah and and how holding a certain belief holding a certain position uh some moral things like all of that holding some positions like that <clears throat> all of a sudden you get labeled as you know a hate monger <clears throat> a, a a racist or whatever like whatever the the label is yeah. nobody wants to be labeled 
that. Nobody wants to be labeled a hate monger. And I think this is one of the biggest challenges for Christianity in the modern era that we're living in is how do you have this courage to stand up for the values of the kingdom, what you believe God is for in the face of feeling like if you hold this position, you know, you are going to be labeled something. People are going to, they're, they're going to not just, they're not, not just going to be like, well, I don't believe that, whatever you go do your right. Remember it used to be yeah. Yeah. the, the you, saying you was do, kind of like, you do you, you kind of you. like, you yeah. live your life, you do whatever, but bro, it's totally changed now. No. It's a totally different deal now to where it's it's not enough to just say, you live your life, you do what you want to do. Yeah, you do your thing, I'll, I'll do life. mine, and we'll just leave it at that. Now it is, if you don't do what I think you should do, then it's yeah. my job to silence you. It's my it's job to shut you down. So I think this courage conversation is an important piece and how it pertains to all of these other topics that you're talking about. Man, it's such a critical conversation. You know, and and it's funny because it's it, it, it's to this morning I was actually thinking about how weird it is that it's easy to say some things. Mm-hmm. Like it's easy just to get on Facebook and say, I am. You know, it's easy to make like a social media proclamation about yourself. Sure, sure. And nobody ever experiences your life, you know, except maybe, you know, the people closest to you to know whether or not those things are, you know, you can make (laughs) whatever kind of proclamation you want to. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Are you saying social media is not real life? Bro, it took courage for you just to say that right there. That's it. <laughs> yeah. In a world, in a world where Barbie is telling us Kens that we are enough. That's I mean, it's <laughs> stupid, bro. Right? And I, I was. I, it's funny because you, you, there's some things that are very easy to say. You don't have to back sure. it up. You don't have to. You know, you could put it out here, and you could put it out there and say, "This is the best hamburger I've ever eaten in my life." And we're living in a world of superlatives Mm -hmm. and platitudes. Mm -hmm. Like we're living in a world where this is the best that all you need to try, blah, blah, blah. It'll change your life. Yeah. Which gets, comes to one of your famous and favorite quotes. Dr. Littles. Don't use, don't use expensive words on cheap experiences, bro. That's such a great, that's such a great line. But social media is about using expensive words about cheap experiences mm-hmm. to the point to the point that there's barely any line between what what truly is valuable. And True. and and I don't know. I don't know that I don't know that it's because of in one aspect, I'm sure it's probably related to the fact that you know, everything is, you know, social media is about, it's the best. I'm the best. My life's the best. I've, you know, I, why is this the best hamburger? Because I ate it tonight. Right. Right. So it's, so it's that promotion of this idea that my, my life is perfect and wonderful and whatever. And guess what? I just ate the best. I found this little, I found this little British, uh, uh, a restaurant, sort of a British pub type restaurant. They have the best fish and chips I've ever eaten in my life. Better than we ate in Belfast. That kind of thing. You know, right. that kind of thing. Right. Well, right. Why, why? Wow. Man, it must be wonderful to be you that you find the best fish and chips, the best hamburger and the best experiences and the best Christmas tree like pro show that you ever saw. And you, you know, whatever. I think, 
on the other aspect or other end of the spectrum, I think there's a little bit to be said about the fact that I wonder if people really do, do know what's valuable. Mm. Like, Shoo-y. if 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 nothing's valuable, then everything's valuable. Exactly. And if, if there's no, if there's nothing to determine what matters and there's nothing that determines what's valuable, then guess what's valuable? What's valuable to you? What you experience, which is what they say, by the way, Gen Z, they say is a, and I, you know, I hate, I hate, I mean, I didn't make up the stereotypes. I mean, they, sure. they, they yeah. created the generational stereotypes. I'm just, but, and, and I'm not the ones that are doing the research and making these observations, but there are many observations out there in research that says Gen Z is a world that their value system is built on their experience. 100%. If they experienced it, it's true. If they, if it was awesome, then it's awesome. If it, and so however it made them feel is what they're willing to pay for it and what they're willing to pay for it gives it its value. And so their value comes from their experiences. Yeah. hundred percent. You see that chain of, right? Yeah. How, yeah. So, so if you live in a world where the most important thing of the things that make you feel good about yourself, about life, make you know, whatever, then if your values are, if, if, if what you value is what makes you feel good, then the things that make you feel best are the things that you're be, be willing to give yourself to your time, effort, energy, and even your money. Right. And so yeah. those become your values. Sure. And, sure. and so, so yeah, I, I think and one thing I'll just throw in real quick, Ken, you're talking about there. One thing real quick, yeah. like you're talking about like my experiences and whatever. The other thing that that produces is, is in order to kind of like stand out, which is, which is again, a value, right? My, my experience, my opinion, in order to stand out, it almost creates this need to be counter, like on the, on the flip side of it, to be countercultural. There you go. And it's not a position. It's not from a place of like trying to bring it back to balance. Again, it's going back to what's value. So everybody's saying, you know, this restaurant is the best in the world. Well, I'm going to come out and say, this restaurant stinks. This is terrible. I hate this restaurant. It's horrible, right? To, so so it's from a place of being countercultural, just kind of for for the shock, for the awe. You know, we see this a lot on like the reels that you'll see on Instagram or whatever, yeah. kind of the unpopular opinion. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know, and every once in a while, I'll do that on Facebook or or social media. I'll put yeah. like you know unpopular ranch. opinion. Yeah, ranch yeah. people need to calm down, like that kind of stuff. Just to get her, and it's amazing, bro. I can put something yeah. that is like kingdom values, like you know, eternally important, yeah. eternally important things, and and not get the engagement. And I'll put something like that, and I'll have hundred and fifty comments. Yeah. You know, so it's that, that, and obviously I understand it's light and whatever. I, I get that. But I'm, what I'm saying is like it, people understand. So what's, what's, what's the value engagement in yeah. my engagement, people connecting with me, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to, I'm going to do something countercultural, right? Uh-huh. I've mentioned about like Colby Covington on UFC, who is like one of these big loudmouth guys and whatever, but, but basically has, has admitted and said, this is a character that I created because I have to stand out. I have to be different. And so it's not from a place of courage. It's a place from self-gratification, uh, self-fulfillment. So the flip side of what you're saying is, it right, you got both ends of the spectrum. Which, which is ultimately what, what, it, what I experience that makes me feel better about myself. And that, which goes right along with what Jay Jones just um, commented and said, if we derive our value from our opinion of others, from from the opinion of others, yeah. we may be tempted 
to acquiesce to the pressure of the world and stay silent about righteousness. In other words, sure. it, I think that's a great, that's a great point because if, if what others say about us <clears throat> is what makes us feel good about ourselves, what causes us to have our identity, what causes us to be, have our, our, our sense of, of who we are, yeah. then we're going to shut our mouth. If it, if what we say doesn't respond, result in people coming along and, 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 you know, you know, and, and, uh, validating us. And so he said, but when our reputation is rooted in our identity in Christ, we have no self to protect us. So good. We can become courageous because of the one who gives us value. And Which I think that's the, the thing. That's, that's it right there. That's the heartbeat. We die. We, you know, the Bible says, if any man come after me, he must deny himself. This isn't Jesus. This is so crazy. We don't understand sometimes like when, when we're at kindergarten level of, of theology, we look at those things and we go, boy, that's so hard, man. Self-denial. He must deny himself. And I don't know that I want to deny myself. And I don't know if I want to, but then all of a sudden you get down the road and this is crazy because Jesus says, look, this is the access point. Mm-hmm. It's like him saying, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood. It's like, Jesus, you went, you went full warp speed on them, you know? And what's so crazy is, is that when, you know, when we get to this point where we say, you know what, but if I live a self-abandoned life, I'm free now from all of what we've just been talking about. Sure. If, if I am who I am in Christ, I have denied myself. Paul says it's no longer me, but Christ living in me. And so basically the idea is people are like, you, you know, the, the, the old saying it's, you know, it's impossible to kill a dead man. And so, you know, so, so I think that that's a piece of being courageous. A, a piece of being courageous is to say, it, it, it is, is to, is to say, I'm going to, I, no matter what it costs me, right? I'm yeah. going to do whether it's the popular decision or unpopular decision or whatever. It's based on a value system that comes to me from beyond me. Yeah, so good. And I think the sweet spot. So kind of, kind of pulling these two comments together. They're back to back. You know, Gary Gary Gauthier with the comment: "Is popular to be a hater? The sarcasm, cynicism of the world creeps in so easily." You have to be intentional to rid it from your spirit. Take courage to go counterculture. So I think the sweet spot of courage is my position is not derived, as as Jay says, it's not derived from anything else other than the value system of the kingdom. So good, right? That's that that's, that's I'm, it. I'm, I'm not looking to try to to blend in so that I like like to have the courage, even if it is a position that is going against the grain of what is popular and conventional wisdom right now, like, like in the world, like being willing to, to stand there. But then, but then the flip side of that is the sweet spot of saying, I'm also not going to use this as a platform to just go countercultural and just, you know, start filleting everybody and, and proving my point, really being a defender and just hammering like crazy to prove how strong I am in this position, right? It takes courage to be able to, it takes courage, Ken, to be able to look somebody who holds seemingly holds held the fate of Jesus in his hands yeah, and Jesus uttered not a word. Right. That takes courage. Where well, it, that it takes come? courage. It, it takes courage to say, "Not my will, but Thy will be done." Sure, that's, that's the courageous. I mean, that that's was the, what uh, happened, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's where it happened. And then in that moment where you would want to justify, you'd want to explain yourself and whatever, to 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 have the courage that says, you know what, I've sold out. I've I'm I'm committed to the purpose and the plan, and I'm willing to to receive whatever comes as a result of that. Yeah. And it takes courage to not not respond. It takes courage to say, you know, you're, you are the one who said that I am the King. You're the one, right? What is truth? Like all of those kinds of things. Like it took courage for Jesus to do that in the moment. And I, it, it, I love what you said. It ultimately all goes back down to the garden. It all comes back to that place where Jesus said, not my will. I'll drink the cup. I'll do whatever you ask me to do, which is the essence of discipleship. Courage, the root of courage comes from a commitment to discipleship and kingdom values. That's so good, man. That's it. I mean, it's self-denial. I, I It's funny because if you, you so <clears throat> someone once told me, someone once told me a principle is something that works in every direction, right? Interesting. A, a principle is something that works in every direction. So there's a principle and it, and it, it you know, it was kind of like an like axiom. That. Something that is yeah. an axiom is something that always works. What's interesting is to me, what always works. So, so looking at, you know, the comment that Jay made, we, we if we derive our value from opinion of others, we may be tempted to acquiesce in the pressure. So in other words, we don't be cur- courageous because I need them. Yeah. I need them to, um, you know, I need them to give me my identity. I need them to help me, you know, be what I want to be and accomplish what I want to accomplish. And, you know, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be seen as a, a, a you know, uh, an outsider or, a, you know, right. not cool or, and then, and then on, but then, you know, like Gary says, popular sometimes to be a hater, which is, you know, sort of, I'm, I'm outside the loop and, you know, and so I'm more authentic because I'm not, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm outside the loop. And so I'm, yeah. you know, I, so I don't care. I don't care what, you know, I don't care what they think. I don't care what they say. And, and so, and, and, but the reality is what's funny is, is that both of those positions are rooted in I-ness. Mm, I like that. So, so to me, the way it sure. works in the way it works in every direction is, is that whether you find yourself as a person who's acquiescing to your and 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 to to, to others at the expense of your virtues and your morals and your and your and and what you, you know, truly, you know, you, you're like, man, I actually. And by the way, this is something that could go into an amazing conversation about in a believing only culture okay. where the most important things are what we believe mm-hmm. that we can literally have a culture where you may not be behaving how you believe, but if, if the most important thing is, you know, well, I might not be doing it, but I believe it. And, and so there's this cognitive dissonance that begins to arrive in people arise in people's life between how they believe and how they behave. I think a lot of this has to do with with the with ultimately I has to get on the altar. Sure. I have to get on the altar. I have to die out to self. Because as long as as long as I become the litmus test, how does yes. it make me feel? How does yes. it make so why am I a hater? Because I feel like an outsider. And so I'm going to take this position of being the, the, uh, the antitype. I'm going to take the position of being the countercultural one of, right. I'm t- so, so it, as long as it's still being defined in and around me, who am I? How's it make me feel? What, whatever. 
that is the fruit that helps us go to the root to know yes. that self hasn't yet died. Man, that's so good. And you know, as, as you're talking through this, like, you know, kind of, kind of peeling back the curtain just a little bit, you know, you and I've had conversations about the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we attempt to tackle the difficult topics and have conversations about the difficult topics and whatever, <clears throat> but we made a commitment that we don't want to be, we could, we could, we know we could go controversial on some things and gain more followers, right. gain more listeners and whatever, right? You know, go for the, go for the shock effect and and what have you. But we made a commitment that on the podcast, we want to, so, so like, like first things at our churches, you know, life talks, like all of these kinds of things, we want to model what it looks like to have spiritual conversations and whatever. Right. And I think in the, on this podcast, like what so we bad. wanted to do is find a way to say, look, it's okay. You can have conversations about difficult things and difficult subjects and, 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 and articulate publicly positions and, and what is the response of a, a disciple of Jesus you can do that. You can do that publicly, but our goal is not to, you know, shock and awe so that it, it will increase a following or so that it'll garner more attention or That's whatever, it. you know, we want to do it so that we can help people figure out how to navigate it as a disciple that makes disciples, you know, in, in, in a turbulent world and difficult world, how do we have these conversations? And, and so, you know, like, so kind of going to the original point, like it takes courage to talk about the difficult things, but it also takes courage to be able to say, we're not, we're not going to succumb to the temptation of, mm-hmm. of meanness, right? Because it's not I, about us. It's, it's not about us. It's not about our, our following. It's not about, you know, our brand. Oh, yeah. bro, irritates right. me to no end. It's not about right. our brand and whatever. And I think as a follower of Jesus in the everyday life, we have to keep what you just said. You, we have to keep that at the forefront and at the center, or otherwise you'll respond and react to those things either in one of those ways, either either to not stir stuff up or to be counterculture. And you know, I'm gonna be the anti-type, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go against the grain on all this stuff. But what if what if we looked at it and said courage looks like responding? as a true disciple of Jesus in every situation, every place, every time, in every way. That's it. Regardless, regardless of whether it benefits me or doesn't, regardless of whether, yeah, I'm going to do, I'm going to do the kingdom thing every And, and you know, it's funny, as you were talking about that, <clears throat> I, I literally felt the spirit speak something to my heart. And I'm, I never thought about this before, but you were talking about branding, you know, and people trying to, you know, Branding is branding is ultimately presenting yourself. I I said um, uh, Sunday night we had our it was our first Sunday of the year and it's our consecration and so we have a service the first Sunday of the of of the uh, a month every month we have the first Sunday have a Sunday night and I I, I said consecration mm-hmm. is a commitment to be what you want everyone to think you are. Mm. I love that. Consecration is a, consecration is a commitment to be what you want everyone to think you are. And 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 here's what's so crazy as you were talking about that and you mentioned about branding, I felt the spirit prompt it back into my head and say, the reason for that 
is because you because you live in a world right now that there's so much value of style over substance. Mm-hmm. I felt the spirit say, if you go back and you look at companies that have been around for 50, 75, 100 years, their brand is their is is their product history. Their sure. brand their brand is who and what they've been over the long haul. But we have so many upstarts, we so have true. so much competition, we have so many brand new whatever starting every day that just like people are trying to brand themselves on social media as having the best life with the best experiences, eating the best hamburgers and fish and chips and going to the best Christmas light displays. And golly, I sure wish I was Chris Dillingham because he's got all this amazing stinking stuff. And it's, it's really what it is, is it's branding yourself. Why? Because we live in a world where, where style has become more valuable than substance. And so, but, but here's the deal. You can only style yourself for so long. Yeah, absolutely. Bro, Absolutely. I, I bought some shirts last night online. I, I'm like, I'm okay, I'm going to do it. I bought some shirts online, okay? I, they may be the junkiest. People might say that they're, I'm not going to say what brand they are, but they're a, a brand of shirt that their shirts normally cost $119 a shirt, but they have a special. If, you're, if it's the first time you've ever bought it, you can buy them three for $99. Let's okay? go. I'm going to try them out. Okay. Sure. I'm going to, I'm going to try them out. And you you know what? I might, I may be flushing a hundred bucks down the toilet. I don't know, but here's the deal. They can say whatever they want and they could brand themselves and style themselves however they want to. And they could have some really cool pictures and websites and whatever, but the proof is going to be when I put that sucker on and wear Absolutely. it. Right. And so, and so the substance that's behind it, I think, I think that, as Christians, we've got to be careful of the same thing, bro. Mm-hmm. We've got to we've got to be careful that our holiness doesn't become our style. Ooh, okay. And we brand ourselves based on our style. And when it but but it, but behind it in in the true reality is not nearly as much substance. In, not it not in the word of God. I'm not talking about the word of God. I'm talking about in us. Yeah. Than what is visible about us. Sure. Sure. It's just our brand. We just, this is just what we do. It's our brand. There's, there are churches that have branded themselves Mm -hmm. as being a little bit stronger in certain areas. Right. Man, it's so good. Look, look, Hey, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to high five. I'm going to hug. I'm going to celebrate. And I'm going to be like, you go, bro, for somebody who lives in a world that is, I, I don't know. Hey, I'm telling you right now, if Mark had a ball, God love him. He's amazing, dude. If oh, happy had a ball. If Mark had a ball in, in Miami, Florida wants to start saying, you know what? We're going to make a commitment in a world where everybody's trying to figure out how much we take it off. We're going to start wearing long sleeve shirts and whatever. And, and there's substance behind it. Well, I'm going to high five him. I'm going to be like, had a ball. Look, I, Way to go, dude. But if it's to prove that you're more holy than the church across town, I mean, we just got to have courage to say these kinds of things (laughs) publicly on a podcast. And he's not doing that. We're just, we're just using him as an example. Just as a, as a, no, no, no. 
<laughs> no, I'm saying he's in Miami. I just used him as yeah, an example yeah. of somebody yeah, who's man. in Miami where, you know, the, 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 you know, the common outfit, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't make myself privy to these kinds of things, but I can assume that in Miami, there's probably places in Miami that a bikini is the probably normal, a, a, a pair of, you know, uh, surf trunks, maybe the normative, uh, uh decorum. Right. I, I'm just using him as an example because he pastors in Miami. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's so, it's so true. At some point, at some point, what's really, you know, behind the veil is going to, is going to be brought out. It's going to be made. And I think we've seen this. I think we've seen, you know, there, there are times when people have, have mm. branded themselves personally a certain way. But, but once you start really kind of digging in and here's the other thing too, Ken, life has a way of bringing pressure life has a way of bringing stress that reveals what's really true, what's really there. And I could give some examples, you know, regarding Pressure the burst pipes, thing. right? Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And so, so I, this, this is like going back to the, the root of all of this is at the end of the day, it comes down to that personal discipleship. Why are you taking this position? Yeah. And it has to be birthed out of, that place that I want to, I want to live out the value system, of the kingdom, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't, they didn't bow to the image, not because they wanted to brand themselves as countercultural yeah. or whatever. Yeah. They did it because yeah. their courage was displayed Bro. because they said, this violates who we are. Bro, if not, they would have, if they would have been Babylon influencers, they would have said to each other, guys, come on. Let's take a blood covenant on this. We're going to go down in history as three of the most courageous dudes ever. Let's do this thing. They, right. that, that wasn't even behind. They were basically saying, we're not going to do it. We honor God. So they did what they were. That's, that's who they were, right? Yeah, absolutely. And there's no way. The, the, the truth is there's no way, Ken, if you're just, if you're just branding or whatever, there's no way that you can take that position and be willing to say, be willing to say, here's, here's the deal. Whether it's out of the fire or through the fire, you're not in control. We're in God's hands. We're going to, we're going to do what he's called us to do. You've got to have that. I will say this. So my mind kind of went there because Jay Jones, again, great comment talked about, we need trusted, trusted, trusted friends. Quote it, bro. This is so good, man, guys. To help us see when we're living out of self instead of from the vine, self is deceiving. If we're not deeply abiding in Jesus, we'll act out of self-preservation and think we're doing it for, there it for is. him. There it is, man. I've been, I've been hammering, you know, I mentioned talking to, uh, uh, the team from Justin Channel's church last night, and I made the comment like, you know, in spiritual formation, discipleship formation in our lives, we need three things. We need the influence of the word, the influence of the spirit of God, and we need a partner. And I think we've missed that third piece. We all, we all can Everyone shout amen. Everyone needs a brother, bro. We, right. We, we, can, we can all shout amen on the power of the word of God. We believe in the power of the word. We know the power of the Holy Ghost, what God could do in our lives. But we, we've, we've become so independent in just about everything that we do. And Jay is so spot on, bro. I can convince myself that I'm right of just about anything. And I need people in my life that can see things, you know, like just a real practical example. Like, you know, if I go to the golf course, I have a certain swing that feels comfortable to me. 
And, you know, I might get frustrated with some of the shots, whatever, but it feels comfortable, comfortable to me. I've developed a swing because of certain habits or an injury, you know, I had a shoulder injury. So it kind of changed my swing a little bit and all that. And then you have somebody like you that will come along and be like, well, the reason you're hitting the ball like this is because of this in your swing. I can't see it. I can't see it for myself. I need somebody. This is why Tiger Woods needs a coach. This is why, you know, people that are at the highest level have people that are, are, are helping them to grow and to get better because we have a really difficult time of truly seeing ourselves in a true picture. And so we, and it takes courage to be able to let somebody look at us and speak into our lives and challenge us in places. We need that if we're really going to grow. Man, see, that's the thing where that no, you're right. And that's the thing, like <clears throat> that's why they do video too, right? Because, you know, one of the statements in like in golf, especially I like golf, golly, man, it's the weirdest deal. This the statement that a lot of golf coaches make is is, you know, look, you're just gonna have to come to the realization that feel is not real. They're like, look, yeah. I need you to, I need to put, I need you to do this. And you're like, I am doing that. And they're like, no, no, you're not. And then, and they'll put, and they'll put the club in that position or they'll try to get your body there. Or like, like you're not making a full turn and you're like, I'm, I made a full, I, I turned. And then you look at the video. It's like, dude, like those pros, their shoulders are 90 degrees to their shot line. Mm-hmm. And you're like 45 degrees. And it felt like, and so some of that could be, um, you know, some of that could be, um, uh, what, what's the word like, um, oh, like limberness. What's the word? Uh, flexibility. Yeah. Flexibility, right? Some of that could be flexibility. Some of that could be, but at the end of the day, bottom line is feel is not real. And so, right. Right. So right. you need, you, you need somebody who's able to sort of, that's why the Bible says the word of God's like a mirror. But if you're a forgetful hearer, you go back to what feels right you're a forgetful hearer because you forget what manner of man you are. I I think, I think, you know, sometimes what happens is, is I, I'm like, I'm like, man, my golf swing looks really good. And then I go look at a video. I'm like, Hey, take a video. And then, and then I, you know, I just go through back to, you know, what feels comfortable. And then I look at the video and I'm like, I'm not doing that. And so I think, I think that, like you said, or like Jay said, we need somebody who's able to speak to us. Gary said, we need friends to provoke us to good works. Um, um, I, I think that what you, what you just highlighted is the need that we have to have somebody in our life or to have somebody who's walking along with us to point out when we weren't courageous or when, look, you've told me for, you know, somebody that's able to look at you in the eye and say, look, you've told me forever. You've told me forever that you're an honest person, but that, but you told that person that it was a B and C. Mm -hmm. Why did you tell them that? Well, you know, I was just afraid. I didn't want, I didn't want to stir up trouble and I'm just blah, 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 blah. And then the person begins to talk to you and you're like, no, 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 no. You didn't do any of that because of them. You didn't do, you didn't, you didn't shy away from being honest with them because of them. You shied away from being honest because of you. Now, what does that tell you about you? Sure. And, and, and then of course we're going to say, well, you know, I do value honesty and I do No. what it, what it tells you is, is that there's still some you that's not on the cross and crucified with Christ. There's still some you 
that when it's crunch time and it might cost you a little something, yeah. it's, it's, it's easier for you to do what is easy for you than for you exactly. to do what you know is right. Man, so good. That's so good. We need that, bro. We need people in our lives that will help us and, and are not afraid to have, you know, again, how many people do we talk to that will say, man, I hate confrontation. I, I hate wow. confrontation, right? Over and over again. Oh, man, I, I hate confrontation. And I think it's because, because we view confrontation yeah. adversarially. Very true. But what if we what if we started looking at it and say and said, I need people in my life that I'm that are, I, I've built a trusted relationship with, that when they confront things in my life, a how we do it is important. They're not doing it from a confrontational standpoint. Right. They're, they're confronting things. But what if I had? What if we have people in our lives that we trust them that they can confront us in a way? Yeah, it's going to tick you off. It's going to make you mad, but you also know it's going to make you better. They're trying to make you grow. They're trying to help, right? You know, yeah. this is one of the things, like, like you said, everybody needs a brother. And we, we can talk more about that later. But, you know, one of the beauties, I think, of our relationship is we're able to have those difficult conversations with each other about things. Very true. And, and never feel like it's a personal attack or you're, you know, whatever. Like, I always know that if you're, if you're challenging me on something in my life, it's always to make me better. It's always to make me grow. And I feel for people, bro. I do. I feel it right now. Like I feel for people that yeah. don't have that. They, they don't have people in their lives and they, and they, they struggle. They struggle with confrontation. They struggle with people because they don't have anybody that will look them in the eye and say, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's this song. I hate to say this, but it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Nobody will look them in the eye and say, you need to deal with this, not from, I want to beat you up and knock you down, but right. I, I want to help you grow. Bro, man, that's, that's so deep. And it's so, and I, I appreciate your passion in that because we, we do have a tendency to have a culture that is, that's, that's, that's pretty independent. Um, oh man, anyway. so independent. I think, you know, Michael Hayes, Michael Hanks makes the the statement. Let me rephrase. He's, he's talking about, about authenticity. He says, if my baseline, if my baseline of authenticity is rooted in him, his word and his spirit, then that is what makes courage my normal response. And I think that's, and Stephen Hill, man, what a great statement. He says, when you isolate yourself to the sound of your voice only, you become yeah. nothing but an empty echo in the atmosphere of self-justification. That's out, a, that's a mouthful yeah, right there. That's, that sounds like, that sounds like I'm, I know Stephen Hill back in the day, I would have wondered if he took that from a Rod Parsley sermon. He says, <laughs> we, he's going to be like Ken Dillingham. That's so awesome. <laughs> Can't you just compliment me? Stephen Hill, you are amazing. I am complimenting you. That's awesome. And that does, that does come from him because he's brilliant that way. But, um, when, when you isolate yourself to the sound of your voice only, you become nothing but an empty echo in the atmosphere of self-justification. In other words, you'll always find a reason. Self always finds a reason. Like, well, I did it because. hundred percent. He says, when you allow others, this is powerful. When you allow others to speak into your world, you create the atmosphere. Man, listen to this. You create the atmosphere of sound judgment. Mm. That's so good, which leads to correct direction, right? So you create, you create an atmosphere of sound judgment, which leads to correct direction. So I, you know, Chris, 
at, at the end of the day today, I think there's, there's, there was so much more in our notes, but really, honestly, let me just, I'll say this and then leave it to you. But I think ultimately to the degree that it costs us something. Yeah. Um, the price you're willing to pay actually reveals how much you value what Jesus values. And, and I think this becomes the proving ground for our abstract moral qualities, like things that are just, you know, they're just in the abstract. It's like, you know, you know, well, I'm, I'm a loyal person, you know? And, yeah. and yeah. the question is, well, how, how many times has that loyalty really been tested, you know? And, yeah. and at the end of the day, at the end of the day, here's what's crazy. I don't know if I can, I, I'm just going to be honest. I, and I'm thinking about this as I say it. I don't know that I can be truly courageous. Yeah. If I haven't gotten to a place in my walk with God where it's consistently not about me, just like you said, Bro, that's your, exactly what I was thinking. Loving your brother, being able to say, cause, cause dude, look, here's the thing. This is the honest, transparent, this isn't, I know we've talked about, you know, the, the world of superlatives, uh, on social media and saying, you know, greatest, most, whatever, whatever. But this is a, this is a, this is a completely honest, transparent statement coming from the deepest place of my heart. And the Bible says to love your brother or love your neighbor as yourself. Right. I can honestly say that. I almost have felt like in, in the back of my mind that that is just something that's impossible to do. It's impossible sure. to love sure. somebody else as much as you love. It's, it's, how can you do that? I can honestly say that the thing that God has done, you know, with my brother and I is something that I could say, if I'm, if I'm talking to him, it, it has about 10% you know, maybe 20%, I don't know. It may have 20% to do about how I feel about it or what I want or what it's got 80% about how much I love him. Just as much as I'm like, I'm looking out for my own best interest. I'm looking out for his best interest. And, right. and I, I just want to be able to live that way. And it, and it takes this ability to say, you know what? It's not about me. And when you love somebody that way, when you care about somebody to that degree, when you have the ability to say like, how could you have courage to say something to somebody that they might not want to hear? Cause it's not about me. Yeah. Why would, why would I not have courage? Why would I not have courage to say something to someone that particularly might have eternal consequences? I'm like, sure. yeah, I'm not going to say that because it might make them mad. You're, you're refraining from doing something that's in the best interest of another because of, because it's still about you, bro. Yeah. Yep. And, I, exactly and Jesus, right. Jesus basically lived where he says, it's not about me. I didn't come to serve or to be served, but I came to serve. It's not about me anymore. That's exactly right. And when you, when you have that dynamic, it's able, it opens up, like you said, it's hard to like, how can I love my neighbors myself? But when you, when you, all of a sudden you experience that now, all of a sudden it makes it feasible. It, it's, it's, I can now reach that. Um, but so many people don't have that relationship. They don't have that experience. And so, you know, maybe outside of like how they love their wife or their husband or how they love their kids. Right. But outside of their own home, like, yeah. do we really, 
like even the heathen love their own kids. Even the heathen love, right? Like that that's not that's not what he's called us to. So, man, this is a great conversation today, Ken. So many great comments that came in. I mean, people dropping dropping bombs. I'm like Rod Parsley I'm, quotes. Like it was amazing. I, I know. I'm thinking, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, how do I poor Brother Hill? He's <laughs> he's like, thanks, thanks. You guys have I've been part of your live broadcast for the last time. Um for no, real. No, he's he's not fickle that way. But um like I'm looking at these comments, I'm like, okay, wait, how do I get the, a copy of these? Can I PDF these? Can I can I, can I save them? Can we save these content uh, com- comments? I mean, Jay Jones says true courage will always come from God. Currency not backed by gold is insecure. So is courage not backed by trust in God. Like, so God. powerful. So good. I'm going to put that into my courage sermon notes. <laughs> and act like it's your own. Well, you know how I say, right? The first time I say, you know, uh, yeah. I want to, I want to quote Jay Jones. Second time I say it, it's like a friend of mine says third time. It's like, I always say, there you go. That's exactly right. So it'll work its way in there. So well, we appreciate everybody being a part of the conversation today and, uh, trying out a little something new with the Instagram. So hope, hope that didn't mess people up on Facebook, but uh, appreciate again, great interaction. And I, and we said, there's no way we're going to get through all of this today. I think right. this is a, such an important discussion in the hour that we're living in. So yeah. do us a favor. If you would do us a favor, share, get the, get the word out, tell people, um, you know, send them, send them a link of the podcast, whatever. Cause I do think this is an important conversation for us to have in the hour, the age that we're living in, Absolutely. you know, the next generation to hear what does true courage look like in the hour and age that we're living in. So again, we appreciate it. Thank you everybody for uh, being a part of the conversation. Keep us in your prayers as we, as we make the journey to the great white North up in Minnesota, Minnesota this week. So get ready to be a polar bear. Looking forward to being in that great district with everybody up there. So we look forward to coming back to you next Tuesday around 10 o'clock. Until then, go live mobilized. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Dillingham Group Mobilized Church Podcast. We'd love to connect with you, and there are several ways that you can do that. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching The Dillingham Group. You can also go to our website, thedillinghamgroup.org, and fill out the form on the contact page to get more information about multiplication, discipleship, and all the topics discussed on this podcast. We also have individual social media accounts that you can follow. Just look for Chris Dillingham and Ken Dillingham on all the social media platforms. If you like today's episode, drop by Apple Podcast and leave us a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Mobilized Church Podcast. We hope you can join us next week as we talk about what it means to live mobilized.